Fee-fi-fo-fum. I smell the blood of a creative one. This is the Archipreneur Now podcast. I am your host, Heath Armstrong, and I am super pumped up to have you on to listen to our show today. Episode 46. I cannot believe it's come that far already. For all the show notes, artsynow.com forward slash 46. I do have Miyabo Inya DK on. She is a super creative, a very inspiring story uh, coming from Nigeria. Her boss literally told her that she needed to leave her job to go pursue her creativity because it was overtaking her at the workplace. People lining up to have her create things for them. And it's so amazing. So everybody... Hang on tight, because this one is awesome. And here we go. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that stickity stickity rickety dickety beat. Yeah. Well, here we go now. Who wants to get a little bit funky out there? Who wants to get a little creative out there, huh? Yeah. Which one of you wants to get a little bit artsy now? Well, I do. I do. get on with your bad selves. Yeah. She's all over the map, creating for fun and getting it done. She's a top international artist. And the founder of so many creative things, including Art Miabo. Everybody give it up for Miabo Inyadike. Miabo, you are the entrepreneur now. What is going on? Um, everything's going on. Um, right now, <laughs> yeah. right now, there's so much, you know, in the art industry that's going on. People are you know, um, getting in touch with their creative sides. Even uh, people who don't have um, a background in art, you know, as a subject or um, as a degree, are really into art. And art, you know, is seen everywhere. It's seen in fashion. Even the fashion designers are more artistic than, you know, just drawing their, their fashion. Everything, you know, has art in it. In, if you look at even the products that are brought out by all the internet companies or the uh, software companies, there's so much art involved in it. The colors, the shapes, the, you know, the, the, the general packaging of those products. So art is really, really on. And so I'm in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the best answer I've ever gotten from what it, what is going on. Usually people just say, oh, not much or a little bit here, but you, you really went into it there. That's, that's awesome. And yeah, yeah art, art, art is definitely everywhere. And I had a previous yeah. guest on Cynthia Miltenberger, and she actually has this video series called Art is Everywhere, where she teaches kids that exact principle that you can take these things that are all around you and make art out of them, which is essentially what, what you're doing, you know, and, and you've been involved with so many amazing things. You know, you, you, you're born in West Africa, Nigeria, and you went up and you got your bachelor of fine in applied arts, graduated with honors. Uh, you, you've you've worked in the oil and gas and and sports management industry. Started a few companies. 
uh, you've you've done art galleries, exhibitions. Um, you're a blogger. You're an author. I mean, you're an entrepreneur yeah. in and in. <laughs> Do you want to start by telling us a little bit about your background and kind of how you came up to where you are today? Yeah, um, I, I actually wanted to read um, law. Um, that was what I wanted to read in the university. And I was really young when I, I, I left high school. I left high school at age 16, and I had all my, my credits, all my you know, credits all. But I didn't meet the, the criteria for law. So, but I was a very good artist. And then I got you know, um, admitted in a university to read art. Somehow, I don't know. My dad, now, I didn't want to go because I wanted to be a lawyer. Then my dad gave me, he told me, you know, Africans, we have uh, proverbs for everything. So my dad said to me that a bird in hand is worth two in the bush. That was in um, um, 90, um, 80, 1988, because I was actually born 1971. So that was 1987, sorry. He said, a bird in hand is worth two in the bush. And so I now went in to do um, the arts, and I did so well and graduated with honors. So when I finished, because it wasn't really what I wanted to do, you know, I had the flair for it, but I felt, no, I'm not going to do art. There's no money in art. And so I went to work in Texaco. I come from Port Harcourt in um, River State, and we in um, Nigeria, we produce 40% of the oil, you know, that's exported out of the country. So you have oil companies from all over the world. You have Kellogg, Brown and Roots, you have um, Halliburton, you have Texaco, you have Mobile, you have Chevron, you have um, Total, everybody is in Port Harcourt. And you have to be in the oil industry to be, you know, somebody. So I went to work in the industry and I left Texaco after two years and went to work in another company that was a con contractor to Shell. And whilst I was working, the ad bug, you know, came in into me because, you know, people come to my house and they say, oh, this is so lovely. Who made it? I made it. No way. It's not you. I said, no, I did it. And then before I knew, colleagues were buying stuff. Christmas, I have to do something. Birthdays, I had to do something. <laughs> um, child dedication, I had to do something. So one day my boss called me because he had bought, you know, some things from me and he just called me and advised me. Um, um, he said to me quiet, he said, don't you think you should, you know, go establish something for yourself because, you know, you're making more money than we're paying you in the office. And, you know, you're busy. And being busy is not busy with the office work. You're actually busy with, with other people's stuff. Either you're doing portraits or you're creating one thing or you're doing this. I would advise you, you know, and it was an elderly man. He said, please, and you will succeed. Just go and face your talent. Because what you have is fine and applied arts. You're not an engineer or neither you are, you know, a, an electrical person. So just go. And then I left. And when I left, I took my creativity with me and I started, you know, working. I already had a base of people who were buying from me. So that went on. And then my husband, I met my husband alongside. He was working in Texaco, you know, and um, he is in love with sports. You know, he loves sports so much. And so after he left Texaco, he joined um, a consumption, a company called um, TSKJ, which is Kellogg. Um, Snam Pogetti, you know, still an oil, gas, whatever. He was there for six years, and one day he woke up and said, I think I should go and set up an, um, a sports company. And so that was how we set up um, our first community sports um, company, where we got the oil companies to create sports for the communities in which they were drilling, you know, 
oil. So we had football and all sorts going on. And that was very successful. It's still running till now. It's a very successful company. But, you know, the wanting to be an artist and practice, you know, for me, it's, it's me. That's what I am. So um, I decided to open my first gallery in Port Harcourt. Very successful. Very, very successful. I moved from Port Harcourt to Lagos because we had to move um, to Lagos because my husband was now setting up um, a, a newspaper called Kickoff soccer magazine so we had to move i opened another gallery in lagos and you know opened another gallery again two galleries in lagos in different um parts of lagos because lagos is big and running them very successfully and i'm in johannesburg now because my husband is uh, he works with um, um, a big company a big sports company called Super Sports. So he moved to Johannesburg. And so I moved to Johannesburg, where I I've started a private art gallery, where people come, you know, you book appointments, you come, you know, you look around, you learn, I teach people, and so on and so forth. So that's my background now. And I have three kids. So, so you're doing so many different things. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. How did it feel when when your boss came up to you and said, "Listen, you obviously have this talent for creating, and, and it is what you should be doing." And how, how did it feel when you were actually leaving, knowing that that's what you're going to be doing full time? Like, were you nervous at all, or did you know that everything was going to be just fine? Um, I was very nervous because I thought maybe it was. Um, I thought maybe I had offended the the company, and you know, um, maybe people were talking. And my boss was the only one who was courageous enough to tell me to stop what I was doing. But, you know, when I listened, when I went back to his office later to speak, you know, with him, he said, no, Miyabo, nobody is upset with you. I just feel that I can see the potential and you're wasting your time. And he gave himself as an example. You know, he said, you know, I've been in this company for 15 years and when I retire, I'm going to get a plug and, you know, he said um, a small company, wristwatch or whatever. I said, but you, I see the volume of work that you do. I know how much, you know, he said for himself, I know how much I paid, you know, for the gift that I had to give my wife on Valentine's Day for you. And that's like half of my salary. So I would suggest <laughs> that, yeah, you go set up a business. I was nervous. I never thought it was going to be successful because, you know, this is business. You know, people are either going to like what you do or don't like, and that affects your lifestyle or your income and all that. Whereas you have an income that comes every month from the company. But, you know, I spoke to one or two people, you know, my boyfriend then who is now my husband, and he says, just, just go ahead and try. And that was how I left. I resigned, I, I left, and my boss and I are still very good friends, you know, till this day. Fantastic man, you know. Yeah, that, and that's that, yeah. such an amazing story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really important for people to hear because there's so many people out there that are really good at something and they really love doing something, but they're afraid to kind of take that step out of their comfort yeah. zone and do it. And I think that if you just do it, you'll find yeah. out that you love it so much that you're not going to give up on yourself. And even if you do, yeah. you know, you can always go back to doing what you were yeah. doing before. Yeah. And you know that a gift is a gift. You know, it will always nag you. You know, your gift will nag you and it will show up in, in, in you know, different areas. You find yourself in your friend's house trying to, you know, arrange their stuff for them. So it's, the, the issue is simply this. We have to all come out because we are all gifted, you know, in this world. We don't have to do what other people are doing. We have 
Every single person is different and is gifted specially. And we have to go inside ourselves to see, okay, what is this true gift that I have? And when you realize that this is the gift that you have and you take it out and you pursue it relentlessly, it's difficult initially. You know, you just keep pursuing it, you know, you know, renewing, you know, your, your, your general perspective on your gift, you know, learning from other people, seeing other people that have done it, you know, taking their own ideas, adding to your own ideas, listening, watching. You find out that at the end, you come out tops. Because you create an identity for yourself. And that identity is what sells you. That is your brand. And people, and you know, first people that will buy are your friends, your family. And then it spreads, you know, gradually. And it becomes big. And then before you know it, you're employing people to work for you. And that's giving back in a way, kind of. You are involved in charity, you know, giving back to charity. Like people are calling you, please, can you donate something to this? That's so gratifying. When people can see that you can actually do something that could be donated to a good cause and, you know, it would be something good. You know, that's how you know that you have arrived. And so, you know, people should come out of their comfort zone. I think we're taking too much comfort, you know, being other people's, um, should I say, um, work horse or so when we can do for ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can create the life you love or you can live in somebody else's, right? Yes, yes. And that's that's awesome. I mean, that that was some of the best advice I've heard. So I hope everybody out there is is writing this stuff down because it's truly amazing. And Miaba, you when you left yeah. and you and you started this endeavor, obviously yeah. you didn't just start creating all these different things that you create now right at once. You probably started somewhere in particular and kind of worked your way up. And I know now you are so busy, you're doing so many things, it's hard for people to believe that you can do all yeah. this and that you can accomplish all this. So what were some of the things that you did early on to kind of start the business out? I started first with um, paintings because I'm an artist. That's what I am. And that's the degree I have is in art. So I started uh, you know, with, with paintings very small uh, paintings, not portraits or anything, but decorative uh, paintings, you know. And decorative paintings could be, you know, um, anything that comes out of you, you know, inside you, the right colors. It could even be, you know, um, um, geometry, you know, geometry in squares or circles, but, you know, well done. And so I started with, you know, small paintings, small-sized um, paintings with words on it words on it and most of the words were christian words because in nigeria people go to church a lot so you have to look at your 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 demographic so i would you know come out with maybe um i'll draw like a nice maybe tulip flower or sunflower and i'll just put like um a christian um inscription maybe um uh, the lord is your strength and i'll quote that or some people who weren't Christians, you know, who wanted just a nice uh, decorative piece. So I started first with, you know, small paintings, little paintings that addressed certain situations. It was a Valentine um, um, situation. I would put like write love notes, you know, on top of a painting that is already done. You know, just put it that way, and you know, to be framed nicely. So I started with that and. People, in, that was in the off, uh, when I came out of, 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 of work, because that was what I was doing when I was, in, you know, working. So when I came out, I continued with that. And then gradually, I went into card making. Because now people would say, oh, well, can I have it as a card instead of, you know, uh, because I want the person to, you know, keep it as personal. So I'm also then making handmade cards. Handmade cards, you know, with good paper and nice words, nice um, drawings. And that was going very well. 
along with the, with the portraits. And then gradually, I went into gift tags, you know, making gift tags you can attach and all that. And then it just went on and on. And I knew that I had to um, come out of that, you know, grow a bit. And then I went into recycling. And that's what I've been doing, you know, you know since. Started, I started off with um, bottles first. That was what I started off with. Bottles and empty um, um, cans was what I started with first. After yes. that. So you have you do this thing you call it upcycled art, which is awesome. And yeah. milk containers, old clothes, pine it's yeah. like pine cones. I'm looking at yes. your website right now and everybody should check <laughs> this out. If you go to artmiabo.com, which is A R T M I A B O dot com, uh, she's got everything yeah. from her acrylic paintings, her mixed media paintings, her pen and ink <laughs> drawings, to all of her different amazing types of crafts. Uh She's got bottles and vases, rope crafts, purses, bags, jewelry, and then your cards and gift tags. And it is yeah. all so unique and it's got such an amazing style behind it. And yeah. you really do just, you're taking everything that is around you and creating out of it, which is amazing. And and we yeah. had a nice pre-chat and you talked about how people think you have to have money to do things, but really money is yeah. all around you. So do you want to yes. touch on that a little bit? Why you take this stuff and you, you are able to upcycle it and create these beautiful things and how others can do that too? Um, uh, yeah. For me, um, we're all creative. I, that's what I believe. I don't believe that there's a non-creative person because if you can dress yourself well, you're creative. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're creative. And so um, what happens for me is um, it comes from within if I see something that has been used, I can yes, I can already see what it could be. It could be. Um, I don't know how to explain it, and I'm saying it in in, in a very humble way because um, I go for walks every morning, you know, long walks. And the reason why I go for those long walks is because I believe that there's something that has been thrown away that would be of value, you know, to me somehow. That's one. And then the second one is I read a lot. I read a lot. I read a lot of books and then I read a lot of art books and I read a lot of help books and I read a lot of books of how to make this and how to make that. You know, if you go to the charity shops or the thrift stores, you can get those books for $1, even less than that. You know, and so those books are there and they educate you, you know, because we have to keep learning. And so um, when my friends, you know, found out, a lot of them, when I moved to Johannesburg and I had to make new friends and they found out that they came into my house and saw that, I was using the egg, you know, the, um, the egg crates and so on and so forth, you know, into art. People, you know, started bringing stuff, you know, to me that they didn't want. And they didn't bring it to me because they wanted me to make something for them. They brought it to me because they felt I would, you know, use it for something which would be of value to me, not necessarily to them. And, um, and that was how, you know, the recycling issue here in Johannesburg went up. Now, to say, okay, now how do you help others that are in this type of situation, that see things around them? What I would advise is simply this. We should, we should read. The internet has a lot of creativity in it. And there are so many people. You might not see exactly what I am doing or what you, what you intend to see you know, somebody do or teach you, but you can get ideas from that and apply it and create a uniqueness for yourself because um, um there's nothing more gratifying 
than using something that is so free, you know, you didn't have to pay for it, you didn't have to buy it, it's free, you picked it up, and then you turn it into something, and, you know, people love it, or they buy it from you when you take it to the flea market, or you take it to an art show, and people, you know, are amazed, or you show it, you know, you share it in Pinterest, or anywhere, and so my advice to people is, I'm not saying that your houses should be cluttered with stuff, what I'm saying is, you know, before you throw anything away and, you know, throw it away, you should look carefully and ask yourself, even if you're not an artist, there might be an artist, you know, somewhere around you who you can, you know, show something and say, can you do something about this for me? So people can actually set up businesses without actually being artists. They can actually have things that they can take to artists and artists can turn those things for them and they can set up shop with those items, you know, just continue taking stuff that they've picked around and you know they take to artists and people do it and then you share the fees you know with the with the artists because i know of a friend of mine who's doing that with me right now she's the one picking every clutter around you know she's going around and coming to me and saying Miabo, i need you to turn this what can you do for me with this you know and i was okay this is what we do then we share you know the the, the profit on top of it and she sells it, she brings me my money, and she has her own money. So that way you're creating, creating employment because now you are equally, you know, showing people that, okay, you're not a creative person, but you have an idea that this tin in your house or this um, this broken chair or this um, broken um, uh, whatever could be used for something. So I think collaborations, you know, between non-artists and artists and, you know, non-artists and artists should be encouraged. That, for me, is one of the things, because I don't want to, you know, say, I don't want to put pressure on people and say, you must be creative. People are creative. They might not be able to transcend it in their hands, their fingers, but they have ideas they can share, you know, with people. And it costs everybody less in the long run. Oh, I know. And it's, I think it's just about persistence and keeping with it. Like, my mother... She's she yeah. never grew up thinking that she was creative in any way, but recently she's been taking things kind of like you and then turning them into sort of an artwork in landscaping. So she takes yeah. these old like drums or old stumps and then makes planters out of them. And I mean, it, and wow. now her entire yard is beautiful. It's just covered in all wow. this stuff that you would think wow. that some professional artist created. Yeah, so I think that that's a it's a great point. I mean, if you if you find something and you do it once, and then you just start getting persistent with it, even if you weren't yeah. the greatest person to start out, yes, you are creative, yes. you know, and you will kickstart yeah. that. So, yeah, it's yeah, fantastic. So, I, I uh, I've been trying to dabble a little bit with creating myself, and I love it. I mean, I'm not the best artist in the world, but I I do yeah. think that everybody has creativity in them. Yeah, uh, for sure. And and some artists have this kind of amazing underlying talent to convey messages through their artwork, uh, yeah. whether the audience can perceive them as messages or not. You know, would you say that there's somewhat of a message that you convey through your artwork when you're creating? Um. Yes, I think. Um. Um, because I do so many things. For the upcycle aspect of my art, the message that I convey to people is a very subtle one, which is I can do all things. Not me as a person, but you as a person. You can do it. That's the message I convey. And that's why I use, if you, if you look at my website, you see I use the list expected things you know like you can imagine um, um the bottles is one then you can see the newspapers the you know newspaper art 
and then you can see the, the, the pine cones. These are easy things. Anybody can sit down and paint. You know, what I do in very subtle way is I encourage people to be creative. When you see it, you now say, oh, I want to be, you know, I want to be able to do this. I think I can do this. That's the message that I convey in my upcycle. Then in my, um, my drawings um, and paintings, I draw from within from inside me. I really do not look at pictures or anything. If I see a flower, I love it. That's it. I'm not going to go and, uh, you know, pluck it off from the, the branch and then sit down and try and draw it. No, I just have, you know, I take, you know, it in and say, this is the way I want to see it. And that if influence for me is from uh, reading so many books about Picasso, you know, and why does he draw the way he draws? And it's simple. Picasso just draws the way he sees it. And not seeing it from outside, but seeing it from within. So for me, the message that I convey in um, my, my drawings and my paintings and all that is simply events around me that happen you know, around me, that I am either involved or people are involved or situations that, that we see. And so I just you know, created the way that I see it inside me. You know, if I'm drawing, you know, I'm painting something on turmoil or pain, you know, I depict it the way I see it inside me. If I'm painting a boy or a girl or, you know, a, a situation, I, you know, paint it the way I see it inside me. And the reason is so that when people see it, you know, it's easy to recognize and say, oh, that must be Miyabo's, you know, work, as opposed to, okay, who is this? That must be Miyabo's work because she paints, you know, the way she sees it. So my motto for my art is simple, art, the way I see it. That's, that's just, you know, yeah. So, so powerful. I mean, it really is. Don't try to be like anybody else. Don't try to copy styles. Be yourself yeah. every day. And that doesn't just go with art. I mean, with every aspect of life, be yourself. Yes. That's who you were meant to be. That's why you're here. So why yes. not do it, right? Yeah. Let's, let's talk about your, your first art exhibit that you set up. And you said it was a massive success. Um, for for yeah. artists that are out there that may be listening that haven't ever set one up, uh, what would you recommend to them to do and how, how to kind of go about doing it? Um, You know, there are so many um, rules. You know, you have to have um, a gallery. You have to have... Um, um, how do you put it? You have to have um, a radio station talk about your art. You have to have this. You have to have that. No. When I came to Johannesburg, I don't want to talk about it, um, exhibitions I've had in Nigeria. No, that was different because I knew people in Nigeria. So here in Johannesburg, I don't. I didn't know anyone. And so for the last um, how many years I've been in, um, four, four or five years I've been in Johannesburg. I've been walking, you know, going to the flea markets, coming back home and doing work and all that. Because I didn't. I don't have a gallery. I run my gallery from my house. And so a friend of mine who owns a restaurant, you know, who loves, you know, my art, said to me, um, I think you should come and exhibit in my restaurant. And I was wondering, how do you exhibit in someone's restaurant? Because I, I didn't know how that was going to, you know, going to be. And, um, and I said, but who, I don't know anybody. You don't know. Any, um, I know you know people, but, you know, your place is a food place. You know, how do you turn that around? And um, some people listening might say, but, okay, I don't have a friend in a restaurant. No, you can actually go and ask people spaces. You can actually go and ask. And then you simply, you just print flyers. You print a lot of flyers. Share, share it, you know, around your neighborhood. Distribute it around your neighborhood. If you go to the flea markets, give to everybody, whether they want it or not. You give to your friends. You constantly put your exhibition dates 
on Facebook, on Twitter, on LinkedIn, on everywhere. It could be annoying, but just keep putting it. Even if it's six weeks, you know, ahead, keep putting it, keep putting it. And then if you're in a collaboration with, you know, even if you're going to do it in your apartment, even if you're going to do it in your apartment, you have family, you have friends, you know, just keep, you know, sending it out. And then the issue of wanting to frame, you know, we have this problem where I have to have it framed. And I didn't frame mine because I, you know, I wasn't sure of the outcome. So I didn't want to spend any money on framing. So what I did was I bought um, um, what they call them, um, display boards, you know, the, the, the boards you use for, for if you have like um, a meeting board, I don't know what they call them. I forgot. It. I just, you know, a display board, you know, the straw, the, the, the straw boards, yeah, I bought about, boards. yeah, yes, 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 those boards, you know, they're, they're, they're cheap, you know, so I bought those boards and I placed um, the paintings on those boards and I displayed just 12 paintings. I didn't want to do more than that. 12 paintings in the restaurant. We kept the restaurant the way it is. We didn't move anything. So the paintings were like in between people eating. And what um, my friend did was he sent, you know, an SMS, simple SMS to all his customers and said, you know, we're having a, a food and art event. You know, it wasn't like, you know, Miyabo is doing an exhibition. We're having a food and art event. And so we came, you know, we split the cost, you know, for the food and the, the drinks. I said this and he said he'll bring this. I said I'll bring that. And then, you know, people came and people came in numbers because, you know, the this restaurant has been going on and on. There hasn't been anything going, you know, apart from eating there. And people came and saw the ad, and it was a huge success. People bought. And then you do not overprice because you're trying to enter into the market. You know, you do not overprice. You don't hold on to your ad. When people tell you this is what they can pay, you allow them. Because, you you know, when they pay, you know, I was shocked at a gentleman who said he wanted to buy at a certain price. And I said, no. You, no, no, you, you, you can't buy at that price. But later I said, mm, okay, you can buy at the price that you want to buy. And he bought. And then, you know, I noticed, I'm just saying this story quickly. I noticed that, you know, he didn't give me his phone number or his, um, his details. Somebody else came and met me and said, I need to give you the phone number and details of that gentleman who just bought your paintings. And I'm wondering why should somebody else be giving me his details? And then he said, I'm his, I'm his personal assistant. You're a very lucky woman that he just bought your painting, but he doesn't buy. People bring their paintings to him. I said, who is he? Say, you don't know him. I said, I don't know him. He said, this is the chairman of the biggest telecommunications company in the entire Africa. <laughs> Seriously. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that a friend of his is a customer of you know, that restaurant. That guy comes here to eat. And so he got the SMS and said, oh, it's like there's an art and this thing show. Let's just go out, you know, and have some free drinks. And so, you know, the guy just joined and came in, you know, just like that. Now, the friend who brought him didn't buy, but he bought, you know, and said, and the friend told me that, that you know, you're a lucky woman, very lucky woman. He does not buy. People bring, and he's one of the biggest collectors in South Africa. To have you on his list, that's massive. And I was, his PA said that, and I was shocked. You know, he didn't, he, and when he was going, he just said, thank you so much, madam, for, for, the, for the prize you gave me. And he left. He still didn't tell me his name. You understand? So I went to deliver it in his office. I went to do the delivery. And that was where we sat down and we had a long chat. And I knew that, you know, you know to be in this company, because when I saw the artworks in his massive office, I knew that, you know, there was something special about what, you know, I had done. And he, he talked about my attitude as well. 
He said, your attitude, you know, was really good. And that was what encouraged me to buy. Because I read about you and you're a big artist. You know, for you to sell for me at this price, you know, is, is humbling, you know, even to me to have your work in, in my office. And, and so what the point I'm making is that as artists, we hold on, you know, a lot to our, our work. And we, we attach, you know, so much importance to them. Just let it go. Because when you let it go, you don't know whose hands you're letting it into. And then you have a collector that tomorrow you can now say, I did you a favor last time. This time I can't sell it for you at this price. This is the price that is fair. And he will pay that fair price because he knows your heart. He knows your heart. So, you know, for me, that's, you know, for me, that was a huge success, you know, for that yeah. exhibition. Yeah. I think a huge quote that I love and I follow all the time is, People don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Yes. And so that trust and that attitude behind it is a huge yes. part of the puzzle. And I think yes. that you are completely right about getting out there and just asking people. You know, if you're going to yes. go out there and start a gallery, you don't have to have yes. all these rules in place. You no. just have to go out there and ask. Somebody will want to help you. Yes. Yes. So it's it's a fascinating story. And uh, it, I really appreciate everything that you've shared because you've had so much insight and it's it's far exceeded my expectations and I really appreciate you coming on. <laughs> Thank you so and much. We're getting close to the time limit here, Miyabo, but I've got a couple of questions that I like to always ask in the interviews yeah. to kind of keep the brand the same. Uh, but yeah. if, if you could spend a little bit of time creating something with anybody from the past or present, who do you yeah. think you would pick and, and what would you create? Um, I would pick, I would pick Picasso. That's because, um, I want to pick his mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pick Picasso and I'll pick Michelangelo. Those two people. Um, Michelangelo, I would love to create, um, I would have loved to create like, you know, a building, you know, I, I know he's not an, he was an architect. I don't know. I can't remember. But I would, I'd love to create, you know, a dream building that when you, when you enter, it's not a gallery, like a building, you know, something, just a building that when you enter, you know, you're so lost in creativity that whatever pain and suffering that, you know, is out there does not, you know, affect how you feel inside as you forget yourself totally. And it's a place that you just want to leave like forever, you know, like a heaven on earth, a kind of building. That's for Michelangelo. Then for Picasso, I would, you know, I would love to create um, things with, um, with um, ceramics. I know he had a few, uh, he did a lot of ceramic um, work, but I would have loved to create, you know, um, a lot of ceramic pieces, you know, just around... The situations, events happening right now. We know so many horrible things are going on, you know, so that for posterity, people can come back and say, wow, there was a time, you know, they were doing so many horrible things here and there in different parts of the world. And we can actually see it because these days we don't have those things written down that's depicted in, in artwork. You know, before the Egyptians had it, the Sumerians had it, you know, um, you go to 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 you go to um, Sudan. You can still see you know you know pyramids and all that in Sudan that depict this. You go all over the world. Right now, there is nobody, no artist, no group that is you know creating things in in sculptural pieces or in uh, in relief you know relief uh, pieces that people can that our children, our children's children's children can see in a thousand years from now and say, oh, 
there was a time this was going on in this country or that was going on in that country. So for me, Picasso, that's what I would have loved to create with, with, with him. Yeah, you're, you're so right about that because that's what's so beautiful about history, especially if you go to like the European area or yeah, Egypt yeah. or maybe down yeah. in Peru uh, where the Incas yeah. were or, or uh, yeah. you know, Central South America where you had the Mayans yeah. and all of that. It was amazing the things that they could create. Yeah. And Michelangelo, you know, the... Wow, walking into buildings that he had anything to do with is yeah. unbelievable. You don't get that here anymore. Nobody's no, doing that. It's all about Nobody. how many houses can you build in one day. You yes, know? one day, yeah. And it's kind of sad that that we've kind it's of so gotten sad. away from that. But mm-hmm. that's a very, very cool answer. But if yeah. if you had to battle Godzilla, yeah, the big <laughs> the big monster. I know. <laughs> how would you use your creativity or talents to defeat him? Um, I think I'll, I'll, you know, paint very bright colors of a huge object. You know, maybe uh, what object now should I think of? Uh, maybe, um, uh, I don't know, but, you know, something big with very bright colors. And when I mean bright colors, I mean the very three um, primary colors, which is red, blue, and yellow. So I'll just put a lot of red, blue, and yellow. And I think when he looks at it, he'll be distracted because... Those colors are very distracting. <laughs> so I think you'd rather go and find out why those colors are there than try to eat me up. So <laughs> <laughs> it could be like a know. giant like a giant peacock. I think that's what I'll do. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, with bright yellow, red, and blue. And so he can go, you know, find out and why I run away. I'll just run, you know, away. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> do, do you have any favorite closing advice uh, that you would like to share with our listeners before we say goodbye? Um, yes, I do. Um, I just want to say that everyone is creative. Every single person is creative. We should all go into ourselves and find out what is my creativity. How do I create? How do I contribute to this world in terms of creativity? And what do I bring out that people would identify me to this? To you know, to this thing, and say this. The reason why I'm saying so is that you know we we have names that we call that we have been calling all century, Michelangelo, Da Vinci. You know, um, we come down to uh, Rembrandt. You, you know, to Picasso. The reason why we call those names to Henri Matisse. You know, the reason why we call these names is because these people were distinct. They went into themselves and they pulled out from inside themselves what they had. They didn't copy anyone. They didn't try to be anyone. You can imagine that Henri Matisse, as a very old man in, in his wheelchair who was sick, was still cutting out papers, cutting out and, you know, sticking them and working with his collage. So he died. You know, that's childish. You know, when you look at it, that's what children do in school. But that is Henri Matisse. That's what he did. And so if we can all just go inside us and bring out our personal inner creativity, you find out that there will be so many, so many successful artists out there. Instead of the struggling and suffering artists, you find successful artists, good collaborations and all that. So just be yourself. For me, be yourself. Work hard, work hard, and one day you'll be noticed. Yes, that is beautiful. And it, it is definitely through creating and, and not possessing that, that true life yeah. is revealed uh, for yeah. humanity. So do, do you have a way that our listeners can find you or get in contact with you and check out everything? I know your website is artmiabo.com. Uh, how yeah. can they find you on social media and all of that? Um, I'm on Facebook. 
and is uh, my at Miabo. If they just Google me, if you Google me, just Google Miabo and Yadike, or you Google at Miabo, you'll see all the groups I belong to, all the you know social media that I'm in. And so you can join, you know, you can post me what you're doing. You can talk to me about what you're doing. I can talk to you about what I'm doing and all that. So all they need to do is go to Google and Google at Miabo or the Google Miabo NADK. And that's it. Yeah. And I will definitely post all of those social media show notes on the website. So yeah. um, if you want a quick way to get there, you can hit artmiabo.com and she's got the yeah. links right there on the right side. Or yeah. you can check out artsynow.com, uh, which yeah. she will have her, you'll have your own page on there and we'll, ha- we'll display some of your artwork and all of your links wow, and, and all of the so show lovely. and all the show notes for you as well. <laughs> Thank you so much, Heath. Thank you so much. Thank you. And you've been such a delight to have on. And I'm really glad that we got to cross paths. And I hope that we can continue yeah. this in the future. And everybody get out there and create something. Do a little boogie. Do a little yeah. dance. Uh, be happy and, and be, be accepting happy. for everything. You know, there's so much beauty in this world. Uh, don't don't mope around. Yeah. Don't sit around and pout. Get out there and, and realize yeah. how grateful you should be. Uh, to yeah. even be here today and, and all the amazing okay. things that we can accomplish together <laughs> through creativity. Yeah. So, Miabo, yeah. thank you so much for being the entrepreneur now. <laughs> and always remember to keep it funky, Miabo. All right. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you for listening to another episode of The Archapreneur Now. For all the show notes, it's artsynow.com. If you want to be a guest on the show, email me at create at artsynow.com or on twitter at hb underscore armstrong the music well that's shaky feeling check them out ventura california ta-ta keep it funky